0: Hello everybody, this is Old School Sport. My name is Victor Pooch Terry and welcome back, Max Marshall. Thanks again for joining me. Once again, I know uh you took last week off with uh too much uh listening to my voice, you couldn't handle it.
1: Well, no. It was the uh the heat <laughs> played. Oh and, yeah, uh, that's right, that's right. It yeah, was... what are you ta- talking shit just to talk it?
0: No, no, I'm just I'm just <laughs> saying, uh I uh, I respect the move if uh, my Giants or Mets or if my Knicks were actually in the playoffs. I can't even say that with a straight face. Yeah, um, Knicks. Yeah, I uh, I would have done the exact same thing. So, uh, but thank you for being here this week. We got a lot yep. to ca- catch up on uh, with the NBA. It's the first week of the NFL. We'll talk a little bit about that later in the show. But let's get right into it. So, Max. Just to bring everyone up to date with what's going on in the playoffs. First off, we killed it with our first-round predictions. We actually went 7-1. We agreed yeah. on everything. And the only one that we got wrong, and it went to a Game 7, so not even really upset about it, uh, is the Rockets being the Thunder. And we both agreed that the Thunder would have been an upset, and the Rockets should have been Oklahoma City. So, we went 7-1, not too bad, if you ask me. Right now, the Lakers and Rockets, looking at the second-round matchups, the Lakers and Rockets are currently tied one game apiece. The Nuggets and Clippers are tied. Your Heat, even though the loss last game to uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, are up currently up 3-1. And remember, Max, no team has ever blown yep, a 3-0 yep. series lead. No team ever... In the history of the NBA. No team. So it's a lock for the Heat. The Heat got this. And then finally the Raptors and Boston are tied two games apiece. The Raptors came storming back. What a momentum change in that game three. It looked like the Celtics were going to go up 3-0. And then the buzzer beater. The Raptors won game four. And have now tied it at two games apiece. Max. Again, it's been a couple of weeks since we last talked. What has surprised you thus far about the second round of the NBA playoffs?
1: Um, <clears throat> I would probably say how annoying the uh, LA Clippers are to me. What do you mean?
0: They're uh, guys like um,
1: Beverly? No, I mean, yeah, like everybody knows about like Pat Bev and, you know, the whole team, whatever, but they just carry themselves. Like they've been like a three-time champion or maybe mm-hmm. it's just me. That's what I see about them all the time. Like, you know, they should have uh, beat Denver, I think Saturday night. And they just, they got killed on both ends of, or both sides of the ball. And Denver's not a good def- uh, defensive team. And I feel like they just want to turn on this clock all the time. remember when LeBron was in Cleveland and all you know, it's the uh, on-off switch. Cleveland's turning the switch on, yeah, yeah. I feel like Clippers have that, and they they've never won anything. They've never played before with each other that much, honestly. And they, I don't know. I just don't like the way they carry themselves. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I and that's a little surprising because I feel that Doc Rivers is one of the more respected coaches in the league, and I mean he's definitely had his fair share of personalities on his teams. And I think he allows them to be themselves. I mean, even look at the Boston big three, you had Kevin Garnett, one of the biggest trash talkers in the game. Paul Pierce had the mouth on him. Ray Allen. I, I mean, you're, you're probably a big fan of him because he saved LeBron and your heat in the game six against the San Antonio Spurs, their first matchup in the finals.
1: I'm at, I'm out. what's, what's going, what's going on here with a uh, LeBron. Uh, I'm a Heat fan before LeBron anything, so I, you can say. I the was Heat,
0: just but. saying that he saved LeBron's legacy at the time, and he saved your Heat.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, listen. Uh, what you, what you, what, you, what you did I say off, was wrong? What did nothing, I say nothing, was wrong? Nothing wrong. But let me say this real quick. You started off saying all oh, the Heat lost last night. You know, no teams ever come down or blew a 3-0 lead, and now it's a well. I was to- trying
0: to rattle you a little bit, and you didn't have an answer, so I had to step up my game a little bit.
1: I just, I'm just wondering what's going on. I, no, I nothing, nothing. I'm things. just,
0: I'm just saying. No team has ever blown a three zero series lead. Your heat are fine. Okay. Well. <laughs> all right. Smiling faces with hidden agendas. That's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> but all right.
0: anyway, um, so I feel Doc Rivers allows his players to express themselves and be themselves. Now, I don't really. I, I mean, listen, Morris. There's definitely questions about him being a dirty player, especially after his series against the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, the I, I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt stepping on Luka's leg. However, later in that series, what, did he throw an elbow at Luka once more?
1: Yeah, he uh, Luka went for a layup.
0: And yeah, he... And, and he just completely... Sh- exactly. So are there alarms going off in my head when it comes to Morris? Definitely. Beverly has always been someone that gets under his skin. Think about the rivalry between him and Westbrook. This is nothing new with Beverly. Now, Kawhi, listen, Kawhi just puts his head down and gets the job done. No, Kawhi's the only one on that team who should carry himself like he's done something. Exactly, and he's the quietest one on the court. Yeah. But, I don't know. Again, Paul George, again, I don't understand where Paul George so much gets his confidence and cockiness from. Because, again, besides a couple of games, it's not exactly like we're getting full-blown playoff uh, PG
1: right now. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... I mean... Yeah, like, he had a good Game 1, and then Game 2, he was... Didn't really... You know, it was back to his old way. 7 of
0: nineteen, four of 10 from the 3-point line. uh, From 3-point range, excuse me. I, I don't know where he's getting his, you know, cockiness from, but... I personally think the biggest thing that has surprised me has been the Heat's dominance against the Milwaukee Bucks. And I I'm I'm on record. I I had them winning the series. I told you last week uh the last time we did a show together, you were very surprised. I did not expect the dominance from the Heat, especially in the first three games. They lost a close one even though Giannis went down with injury. He is questionable for game five. But listen, this is where this is what we talked about, the difference between the Heat and the Bucks. With the Heat, they have a couple of different players that can go off at any night, go off in any game. The Bucks do not have that. I mean, Eric Bledsoe has not shown up at all this postseason. It took an elimination game, last game, for Chris Milton to actually look like his all-star self. I think Giannis is getting a lot of the blame, as he should being the face of the franchise, being the, the one of the more elite, one of the best players in the league. But it's not like he's working with a lot, Max.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I wanted to uh, – because originally my my big surprise was going to be the Heat, but, you know, I didn't want to be a Heat homer. So that's why I went with the Clippers. But, yeah, I, didn't, I don't think anybody expected, even myself, for them to be 3-1 or before last night or yesterday, 3-0. Um, yeah, that's, uh, even I'm a little surprised. I thought it would be probably like two, two right now, two, one, whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, the Milton thing, Milton, if anyone has watched the series closely, the first, like, uh, the first half, he's pretty good. Um, third quarter, he's good. And then the fourth quarter, like when they lost game three, I don't mm-hmm. think he scored a point in the fourth. Yeah. Um, Bledsoe, he, he played good. I mean, everyone on the Bucks played good last, last game, uh, but yeah, no. But, but I think the Giannis thing is—it's a little, just my opinion. It's a little weird how this many people hate him. I'll, not hate him, but he's really getting the uh, like the LeBron treatment earlier in LeBron's career. And I get it because he's supposed to be—he's. I'm pretty sure he's gonna be the MVP this year. Uh, he's reigning MVP from last year, but I, I don't know. I, I've, I've looked at Giannis a, a lot differently um, throughout his NBA career since he's been an elite player. To me, he re- he's always reminded me of, of a young uh, Shaq in Orlando, before Shaq got bigger, and a little fatter, stronger, whatever. Um, Giannis' game isn't really one on one; it's more transition. Let me get to the let me put my head down, euro step, and I'm, I'm at the rim, half court. You know, I think Miami's done a pretty decent job for the most part, besides uh, game to uh, his other yesterday's game, before he got that injury, he was going off. But like you said. Um, Milwaukee, that that team isn't really impressive. I mean, they're a good they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the head coach Bud is a little odd with his substitutions and doesn't want to play certain players thirty five plus minutes when it's playoffs. And he said, I read his post game comments yesterday, and he basically said, "Well, you know, we don't really like to make Milton play forty plus minutes, but you know, we kind of had to." Well, yeah, you think you're down 3 out and going overtime? Uh, what's the minute restrictions now? So. I, I don't know. I, hopefully Miami can pull this off uh, tomorrow because they should have won yesterday, but that's a whole other story why they lost. Well, I will, no matter what happens the rest of the series, I will give credit where
0: credit is due with the Bucs because a lot of teams down 3-0, their all-star, their franchise player going down, a lot of teams would
1: have packed in at the that point. Too. What happened? And think, and you gotta think too. Oh, you know, they see Giannis out, and like, oh well, and they're inside the bubble, like, oh, it's an excuse for us to go home now. <laughs> well, no, exactly, exactly. A lot of teams would have folded it, just you know,
0: it was a good season and packed it in at that point. But I have to give the Bucks credit for fighting back and forcing another game with their biggest star out. Now, with the Giannis, all of a sudden, hate. I mean, we, I, I brought it up with you after Richard Jefferson's comments about how and I'm paraphrasing but Giannis is more like Pippin. he needs a Jordan well if you compare the two players actually if Giannis does end up winning his second MVP at the age of 25 which is the age Giannis is right now Giannis will have one more MVP than Jordan at this age and the only difference is that Jordan won Rookie of the Year, and Giannis won Most Improved Player of the Year. That is the only difference between those two players at their point of being 25 years old. Jordan never won without Scottie Pippen. Jordan never won without Phil Jackson. Max, did you watch the last dance? Yeah. I thought it was really good. Yeah. LeBron never won without a Dwayne Wade by his side i don't understand first off i don't understand the constant comparison to jordan with every single player that these
1: yeah that, that that's getting annoying
0: you know what i mean but relax guys again look at the product of the roster that he's working with it's nowhere near the talent that jordan had once he finally got that monkey off his back and won his first ring how about Giannis is like Jordan at the early stages of his career he needs more talent around him to get over that hurdle now I'm not saying that Jordan wasn't the face of the Bulls I'm not saying that he wasn't the main factor of why the Bulls won six championships but it was obvious that he needed some help around him and I think Giannis needs some help around him
1: no I uh I I think you're right um you know, the whole thing with Jordan, too, he had uh, Doug Collins as his head coach, and then he got Phil Jackson. You know, in the case of Giannis, it was definitely an upgrade over Jason Kidd, who he had before with Bud. But I think, you know, I'm not – now, mind you, I'm not trying to stick up for Giannis at all because, you know, he's definitely struggled against the Heat. And even this playoffs, Orlando gave them, him and a Milwaukee, you know, some hard times. But, uh, you know, I think maybe a new, a new head coach would probably be beneficial to him, too, um, whoever that – even if it's a new team. But, you know, this is that's just looking down the line. But I – Giannis is he he is a different player in a sense that we haven't really seen him before. That's why I compared him to a young Shaq. Uh, because, you know, Shaq can't really – in Orlando, he didn't really create his, his shot all the time. So I, like, unless it was a post-up. And Giannis' post-game isn't, you know, really a thing right now. It is isn't. it isn't. If he's by the rim, he'll give you a, a drop step, and then he'll go up for a dunk, like just power ball. Like once he learns how to do drop steps and – post fades and really work on his post game that's the next thing i need to see from Giannis is get a post game because the moment you can get a post game it would be a lot easier for him i've not heard one analyst say that it's just you know oh, well he's Scottie pippen like what, what does that mean I, I don't know what that means yeah i i know and i i mean they're so quick to
0: bring people down because they aren't able to win on their own and it's like guys really there's never been a player to solely win on their own now okay if you go back in time maybe bill russell but you look at some of the talent like larry bird magic johnson even those guys had great teammates you look more recently the warriors are not winning with any of those guys by themselves you look at the cleveland cavaliers they needed lebron but also kyrie irving kevin love Tristan Thompson bl- playing big parts. You look at the San Antonio Spurs, that big three. Like, I don't understand. these g- Basketball, at the end of the day, is a team sport. And yes, you can have
1: superstars, but you need talent on the roster. Yeah, no, the, the only one, it uh, hates me, it uh, kills me to say this, but, you know, I think the closest one man show really was, and even he had help, was Dirk in 2011. Other than that, that's a good point. Uh, but uh, you know what though, Max,
0: I I'll, I'll say this, a lot of those guys that was on that roster like yeah, Tyson Chandler, like Jason Terry, like Jason Kidd, all those guys played at a high level that. Yeah, Sean Marion. Yeah, Sean Marion. Team. Yeah, a lot of those guys almost played at their peak so so to say.
1: No, yeah, no. But you know, that was just like I said, at the top of my head, like a thing of a Kind of a one man band in the sense. And it really was. But yeah, no, I don't, you know, they did the same thing with LeBron when he was in Cleveland and even Miami 41. You know, the media loves, it's, you know, everybody knows this, not breaking news here. They love the, you know, tear, uh, put, put a crown on these guys' heads and, oh, look at the face of the franchise. moment you lose a playoff game and then everyone on ESPN rips you. And then, you know, let's say whenever next time Giannis plays, if his team wins, whatever, or next year, oh, wow, Giannis is great. But it's like, you know, it can't be both. It, just because somebody has a bad game doesn't mean they suck.
0: Well, yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. And and again, the man's only 25.
0: He's about to earn his yeah. second MVP. Now, what I will knock Giannis for, and I didn't have so much of a problem with him not coming out during the press conference and saying it, but as Defensive Player of the Year, you need to go out on the court and show why you're the Defensive Player of the Year. You need to lock down guys who are scoring against your team you need to lock down the main offensive weapon on the opponent's team and he should have been guarding Jimmy Butler not only game one but every single game of the series and I didn't have a problem with him uh that press conference where they were like did you ask to go no why would I do that I'm gonna do whatever my coach tells me to do I think if he went the alternate route and said well it was up to the coach I don't have any say in it that's something you'll have to ask the coach I think that causes more of a friction within the team and I think that puts even more of an ammo on his back showing that he's calling out his coach and that raises questions then oh is Giannis not happy with the current situation oh is Giannis looking to get out in Milwaukee
1: yeah no um I, I saw a lot of people uh kind of what you said about Giannis. And the only thing I will say is, again, I'm not trying to stick up for him, but kind of what Milwaukee's uh, scheme is and system is that Giannis is a probably the best in the league, help side defender. And game one, Jimmy Butler beat his man off the dribble, and then Giannis blocked him, uh, met him at the rim and blocked him. That's why Giannis basically is a defensive player of the year because just his weak side help. He can roam around like a free safety, block steals, and that's why he voted one-on-one defense. He's obviously very good. But I, I do agree with you that, you know, the last – um, not the two minutes, but the end of the fourth quarter, almost when Jimmy Butler was cooking. That's Giannis has to guard him in the exactly. last five minutes. Exactly when he, yeah, yeah, he no, he should have definitely. But you know, I don't know if that's on Giannis for not being more aggressive or vocal to his coach, or maybe that's on Bud saying no, 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 or, you know, scheme because Bud's a very scheme guy. If people have been uh, paying attention to the series, he likes running his scheme a certain way. He wants certain players having certain minutes, so he's very kind of stingy in that regard. But. You know we're not in that huddle. We don't know what's really said, but you know we're not. I know, gonna... but like the fact that you have a defensive
0: player of the year award yeah, winner no, looked, on your bad. team and you don't put him on the guy that's lighting your team up, like I just don't understand that.
1: Yeah, as yeah, no, I I definitely I definitely see that. Yeah.
0: Now, let's move a little forward. Who do you think? And, and I updated where each series is at what teams what players do you think are facing the most pressure right now to advance i i i have a clear cut leader and i don't think it's even close but max i'll let you go first oh uh, i think it's gotta be houston no?
1: yeah 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 it's yeah it, it's james and russ like we like we said uh a couple weeks ago when they played like when they uh they played the thunder it, it's gonna be it's gonna be those two until they show us in the postseason that they can win meaningful games in advance and it's so hit or miss with them, too. Like, It always
0: is, yeah. Russell had a good game in Game 1. You see him. I, I love – and seriously, Max, I really am a big Westbrook fan. I do love his fire, his intense passion for the game. I love how after a big three-pointer in the fourth quarter, he's yelling – I forget what exactly, but what the fuck yes, are yes, you no, no, talking no, no, no.
1: about? Let me stop real quick. I see everyone on social media saying, oh, you know, Russ is like people are laughing at him. People forget the that last possession, uh, L.A. had the ball, and him and Dwight Howard were shit-talking each other a little bit. And then that's when Russ hit that three and he was flipping out. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I wasn't even saying
0: that. First off, I didn't even know the buildup to that. I yeah, no, was so just saying I love how he's cursing – and yelling yeah, in, in a gym
1: full of the players'
0: families and babies. That's all.
1: I, I That's what yeah. I just found no. humorous. I, yeah, no, I've seen a lot of people saying that, but I'm just adding a little uh, context to the background because him and Dwight got in a little. Oh, yeah. And listen. They're talking shit to each other a little bit. And then next play, that's when Russ started cursing out little kids.
0: Yeah. And, and listen, at the end of the day, I mean, what else do you expect? It's, a, it's an intense playoff battle between two good teams and you know how passionate russ is i i mean it wasn't anything out of the ordinary i just think that when you really take a step back and look at the whole like a whole uh not scheme but the whole setup like he he's in an empty gym with just members of uh fan of uh, family members and little kids so i just thought that was funny but <laughs> yeah. but then you take a look at game two and and it's like Jekyll and Hyde with him. And Harden, Harden maybe on the stat sheet, you look at 27 points. Listen, 11 of those came from the free throw line. It's not exactly like he lit up the Lakers in Game 2. And, and the scary thing is we don't know what we're going to get from from both of them in Game 3, Game 4, Game 5. And it's the same story playing itself out. Both guys just so inconsistent, so so hot and cold when it comes to the playoffs
1: and you know just looking back at yesterday's game it's not we're not you know i'm not blaming the whole thing on russ but you know even if he plays a little bit better you know they they'd probably win that game you know la came out to the hot start and then the second half houston started bear down a little bit and make it a game and you know
0: i i think LA's gonna win six i mean it but... was only an eight point game it was a game yeah. throughout it was just that russ played so bad that Again, he took his team
1: out of it. So I don't think Lakers fans should be, you know, having a parade about this either because, you know, in another world, this would be 2-0 Rockets right now. So Also, and why
0: – I mean, the Rockets have come out and, you know, said they joke about being considered small and everything. The fact of the matter is they are small. It's just the Lakers not taking advantage of that size difference. I mean, you know – Anthony Davis, LeBron James should be having their way with guys like P.J. Tucker, and they're simply not. I, I just don't understand.
1: Well, the, the thing is, I mean, P.J. Tucker is, you know, he, he can bang with LeBron down there because P.J. Tucker is a, he, is like a freak. I mean, He's, come on, though, Max. Uh, LeBron
0: is a different type of specimen. He could have his way against anyone if he
1: really wanted to. You no, know, I, I think the one guy who actually can muscle him I, I think it's, it's PJ. I mean, have you seen it before? Now, the guy who I got the most issue with on the Lakers is Anthony Davis. I, I've had enough of this guy. I, I really have throughout this whole year. I mean, it's more of a personal thing with me. But um, Why? Wait, wait. <laughs> Release your demons. What's your problem with Anthony Davis? I mean, come on, Anthony Davis. What the hell has he ever done? He hasn't made past his second round. I, you know, those New Orleans teams weren't that bad, okay? Were they great? No. But, you know, all I've heard is old I mean, generation. who was talent, his Anthony
0: best teammate, Davis. though? Drew Holiday? Well, we well, DeMarcus Cousins when he
1: was healthy, I guess you could say uh, that team would have been. I think that team would have been an issue if they had DeMarcus Cousins healthy in the postseason. But uh, you, you know what it is? It's going to be come back to heat. The moment Anthony Davis got traded to my uh, L.A. Oh, this was LeBron's best teammate. It's like really he hasn't made out of the second round yet. What are we doing here? <laughs> oh i know and, yeah i, I mean and yes now sorry to cut you off in the postseason i've seen davis look like he doesn't want to score the ball i've seen him just take jumpers he got a good jump shot but he needs to mix it up and he you know he wanted this he asked to get traded to la la trade everybody on their team and picks for him you know he wanted this to be with lebron so he's he's got to perform too so add him to the list with with a uh, hardy and westbrook too for me, at least, because I, I, I've had enough of it. Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, let's see it. Let's post a P.J. Tucker. You're, you're five inches taller than him.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I completely, I mean, you, you made my point for me. I, I don't understand why Davis is not having his way against P.J. Tucker. And if you take a look, I, I mean, statistically, right, Davis has had a good start to the Rockets series. First game, 25 points, 10 of 16 shooting, had 14 rebounds, and then game two, 34 points, 15, 24, 10 rebounds. But I I just feel that almost every single play, they should just be looking to get it down low. And and again, I think this goes back to the current state of the NBA. I mean, even look look at Giannis. It's all about the three ball in today's day and age. And and I just don't understand. Giannis went 0 for 7 in game three from the three-point line. What is this fascination for the three ball? I understand that when it hits, it's great. But when it doesn't,
1: there are other ways to score the basketball, guys. Yeah, no, uh, I'm with you on on the whole three point uh, all at all times. You know, it's coming to the point where like players aren't even good at shooting threes or shooting, you know, five to seven threes a game. Yeah. If you can't shoot threes, don't shoot them, right? If you're, you know, that that's smart. That's still being a smart basketball player. Oh, I'm not good at that. I'm not gonna do, I'm, I'm not gonna shoot threes right now. Uh, you know, like, like Giannis. Yeah, if he wants to shoot a, uh, you know, maybe two threes a game just to see what the you know, if it goes in or not, I get it. But you know, and that even goes that attests to the Rocket struggles too. I mean, we know Russ isn't a good
0: shooter to begin with, but he's jacking up threes. Harden, yeah. it's either a step back three or. Nothing with him. I, I just I don't understand
1: how we got to this day and age of basketball where it's all numbers, it's analytics, it's all well. I know, one, I know. I'm like, yeah, no shit, it is. But you know, I, just because it's worth more th- than a than the layup. But but again, what a, happened you, to the you know, old fashioned three, three points? Certain point point? guys should be shooting more threes. Yeah, shooting threes in general. But if you're not good at shooting threes, don't shoot threes. Exactly. Just don't force it. I, I don't understand. But sorry,
0: uh, not to get off topic, but I, I agree. I, I think the Rockets are the team facing the most pressure. There was already talks about Dan Tony losing his job if they lost that game seven to the Thunder. I think he, he's out. What happened? I th- regardless, he's out. I, I'm pretty sure. You think that? I think if he somehow makes it to the finals, he'll get another shot. Oh, okay. Anything if short of that.
1: Like, I... He will stay in Houston, I think. But I think this is probably. I mean, this is from. I think this is his uh, last round, and I think he wants that uh, Pelicans job. And I know Indiana has interest in him, so I think he would. Those are the two teams that he would probably go to.
0: Okay. Yeah, I.
1: I mean, listen, I I definitely don't envy the man because
0: I couldn't imagine running a team with both with both personalities like James Harden and Russell Westbrook. I think that's one of the tougher jobs. But again, it's D'Antoni's system that I feel that has really upped James Harden's game because it's so offensive heavy. And and again, people... (laughs) I I love how Game 7, Harden decided to play defense on the final possession of the game and everyone wants to crown him as uh like the savior for the rockets when oh yeah
1: i mean that happens all the time though in any sports like you know somebody does something that they usually don't do and it's like oh my god it's like okay wow you did something actually yeah you're not good at and again
0: an inferior team took you to seven games and not only seven games but they had a chance to win the game on the final possession and it took your best player doing something out of the ordinary to actually win the series but You know, at the end of the day, they find themselves tied one game apiece with the L.A. Lakers. Looking at other series, I mean, Max, the Nuggets had a pretty impressive comeback in the first round against the Jazz, coming back down 3-1. The Clippers, we talked about it, we think they're a little—they think that uh, their shit don't stink right now, even though they're tied one game apiece with the Nuggets. I think the Heat will close it out, whether Giannis plays or not. I think whether he's healthy or not will definitely play an impact on how close the game is. And then the the final series, which we didn't even talk about, arguably the best series thus far, has been the Celtics-Raptors. And the Raptors, like I said, clawed their way back from an 0-2 deficit, the game-winning buzzer-beater shot. At the end of regulation in Game Three, Game Four, they were able to win. Max, what do you think about that series? Do you think that the Celtics are in trouble here? Uh,
1: I think they're in a little bit of trouble, but not you know panic just yet. Like they're they're actually um, playing right now. Uh, yeah, you know it it, it it's kind of like what um, Miami did yesterday. Uh, Boston, you play that game against Toronto nine out of ten times. Boston wins that game. They, you know, that shot with uh, Ananobi was, you know, that huge for them. And then Toronto, now it's tied 2-2 because they won the other game, just like Miami yesterday. You know, even though Miami played like crap, you know, that was a game they uh, they were still in, and they probably still should have won. But, you know, it is what it is. But, no, back to Boston. Um, Yeah, that, you know, them going up 3-0, that would have been obviously huge for them. So now it's tied 2-2, and now Toronto's got a little momentum. There, right? I don't think they're dead yet at all by any means, even if Toronto wins tomorrow or tonight. Um, no, I think Boston. If I'm Boston, I'm, I'm still optimistic. And even if I'm Toronto, uh, I'm so optimistic about going to the next round. I think this is. I, I think this is going seven, regardless. Let's see. I disagree with you.
0: I think this is the Raptors series to lose. I think that oh, Game wow. Three buzzer beater was such a momentum changer. I think it took the life out of the Boston Celtics. I mean, come on, Max. F- 0.5 seconds. No, you no. I, I hear you. I, it it definitely it definitely
1: changed momentum.
0: I just I think that the Raptors. Have gone new life. And listen, even though Kawhi has left, they're no strangers to this, Max. They came back down 02 last year to the Bucks and ended up winning that series with the same coach, the majority of the same roster. I think they're, I don't want to say accustomed to this because I don't want to act like they made it a plan to go down 0 02, but they've been here before, they have experience. And I think that really changed the series as a whole to the point where I think the Raptors are going to win the next two games.
1: Oh wow, so Raptors in six? Yeah. I mean, that was my. Uh, that's why I said before um, everything happened. I said Raptors in six, but now I, I think it's going seven. But yeah, and
0: I, I, I have to eat my words. I had, I, I had the Celtics moving on, and I would have been right if not for Game Three. But I really think all the momentum <laughs> is on the Raptors' side, and. I don't know when you lose a game like that. It's just deflating, and I, I don't think there's enough time to come back from a loss like that. We saw they lost game four, and I, I think the Raptors will ride this momentum into the Eastern Conference Finals.
1: Yeah, I think um, – well, just to piggyback your point a little bit, even Siakam has shown he's playing a little bit better, yeah. too, which is for yes. first run. Yeah, And I think back to Boston's point, though, I think game four, I think – I don't bet at all for sports, but I probably should have bet that the Raptors win because – you know, game three, Boston lost, obviously. And then game four, you could just tell they're kind of still sulking in their sorrows about what happened. Mm-hmm. But I think now game five, you know, it's like, all right, we're tied now. We can't draw on the pass. So, we, you know, let's make this seven games or the six or whatever. So that's that's kind of my thinking, but.
0: Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I mean, would it terribly shock me if the Celtics ended up winning the series? No, because we've talked about it. I think they're a very talented team. I think they're a well-put-together roster. However, I just think that, that was such a momentum shifting win no, in it, the series. Was, yeah. And that's what I think will carry the Raptors. And, and it's not like the Raptors, the Raptors are a talented team too, even with Kawhi leaving this past off season. I just, I just think that after a win like that, I think they'll be able to carry that into the next round of the playoffs. All right. Yeah.
1: We're going to
0: Yeah yeah now we touched upon a little bit about coaching changes, Max, but a team that has announced their new head coach which I think we were both surprised by this was the Brooklyn Nets going with former former NBA point guard Steve Nash as their next head coach uh now Max there's no doubt about it, probably one of the best point guards to play in our generation he's obviously had experience running the floor for an NBA team, but coaching is a little different. And I'm not, I'm not knocking his credentials at all. I'm not knocking his basketball IQ at all. I just think this is a high-risk, high-reward move for the Brooklyn Nets, especially with KD and Kyrie hopefully coming back
1: next season healthy. No, um, I, you know, when I first saw it, I I was kind of surprised. And then I kind of remembered that him and KD and Golden State, because Nash was a consultant there for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And him and KD were even uh, close when um, KD was at uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. They started to be kind of close. And I think for for Brooklyn, you have to do what uh, basically, or not even Brooklyn, just NBA, NBA stars run the league. To an extent and you know Kyrie I know Kyrie and uh, Steve have a, a little friendship as well so uh you you have especially those two you have to make those two happy at all times you know just like they want if Kenny Atkinson he would still be there if those two wanted him I mean Kenny Atkinson right now is better at than Steve Nash he's not even close but Steve Nash is really good at connecting with superstars and the guy in the fifth and the guy uh who's riding the pine the whole year so Steve Nash, you know, part of coaching, too, it's not just X and O's. It's handling personalities. It's how to cater to some players. And I don't think anyone has a bad word to say about Steve Nash. So if I'm Brooklyn, I think, like you said, it's definitely a high risk a little bit. But at the same sense, uh, KD and Kyrie only have three years left on their deals. So, you know, if they let's say in three years they don't win it all, and Steve Nash like, all right, listen, I tried to get a ring. I thought this coaching thing was was good. You know, they can just start over, too, in a couple years, too, and, you know, get a new coach and all that. So, I, I think when they got Kyrie and KD, it, it, they you know, your, your thing projects up a little bit more. You have to win now. And, out of all the and coaches, don't you think you a
0: know, veteran, experienced coach would put you in a better position than probably, Yeah, rookie? but I
1: don't think those who wanted him. I think those who want Stephen Nash, they want somebody that they can connect with and, you know, more than basketball, that stuff they all say now. And I, I think, yeah, in a perfect world, it probably should have been. If I was running them, I'd probably pick Ty Lu. Not the greatest X and O's coach, but... He's doable, and he can handle personalities. I don't know if him and Kyrie still like each other. I know uh, Durant uh, likes Lou, but that's what I would probably would have went if you couldn't get Pop because, like we talked on the last podcast, you know, I, I thought I was going to be Pop. To be honest with you, I could see it. Like you know, Pop's like I only got a couple years left. I want to coach anyway, so let's go out. Maybe I can get another trip or two. And I but still see- think
0: when they're healthy, they're the best one-two combo in the East, no question.
1: Yeah, we're gonna. They're, they're definitely gonna. Yeah, it's probably them. Honestly, just off of. Oh, talent, but no, I, I like to move it's a little out of the or, uh, ordinary. I didn't know Steve Nash wanted to coach, I thought he just wanted to do player development and stuff like he did in Golden State a little bit. But no, I for Brooklyn, you, you kind of you just ha- or just a team in general, you got to do what your stars want to do, or they're going to be pissy and they're going to be uh, want to trade or something. So kind of just have to do it.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I love giving the power to two of your players for. I mean, at the end of the day, and I know that the NBA has changed, and I think it's most evident in the NBA that players do have the most say in the way an organization operates. But to me, Max, I'm more of an old-fashioned, old-school type of guy, and to me— There are jobs, there are levels to each organization, and each job has different responsibilities. And as a general manager, it is your job to put together a team, but it is also your job to find the next head coach of your team. Now, am I saying that players shouldn't have a say in who coaches that team? No, I'm not saying that. But to me, the Brooklyn Nets are in a win-now state of mind, and you also agree with that. I think there's holes they need to fill on that roster. To me, to handle two personalities like Kyrie Irving, like Kevin Durant, I think you needed a seasoned veteran experienced type of coach, and I think a perfect guy would have been a guy like Greg Popovich. Now, again, let's see what actually happens with Greg Popovich, whether he does leave the Spurs or not, but to me – and you, I think Brooklyn would have been the most fascinating opportunity for him. I think Ty Lu is another name that we forgot to mention a couple weeks back, just because he has experience with NBA superstars. He does have a ring on his resume with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I think that it was good for him to ste- step back and take an assistant role with the Lakers just to once again, get back into the game, but then get an opportunity later down the line. I don't know if I love players picking guys that they're close and familiar with. Not familiar with, but look as a friend level. Because, again, when you mix friendship and business, bad things tend to happen. And I think that while you respect and respect and I guess trust a friend that's different than being coached by your friend and listen if they if they look at him more as a senior type guy because he played a little before them and respect him as a leader okay then maybe you could sell me on that but if it was more so oh we're we're friends I, I think that's a dangerous game that you're playing as the Brooklyn Nets and Notice Max, one. Max, I, can I just ask you this? Sorry to interrupt you. When you say Nash has worked with the big personalities, can you elaborate a little? Because I think about him with guys like Amar Stoudemire, Shaquille O'Neal with the Phoenix Suns. And then I think about his latter years with guys like Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard. And remember, that was supposed to be a big four and that didn't exactly go as planned. So, could you just tell me what you mean by he has experience with big personalities and how
1: maybe he, I, I don't know, dealt with them? Yeah, uh, but real quick, Sean Marks, the the Nets GM, played with uh, Steve Nash too in Phoenix, so he he knows him as well. Okay, so it's not like just a, that's a
0: good point. I didn't know
1: that. I apologize yeah. then. Thank you. No, and um, I'll give you a quick scenario too. If you're the Brooklyn Nets, you like Kenny Atkinson, right? You really, everyone likes Kenny Atkinson. If Kyrie and KD are free agents, they go, listen, we're signed with your team, but you gotta get rid of Kenny Atkinson. What are you doing?
0: Oh, I'm getting rid of Ken Atkinson, but that's not but that's not my problem. I never thought Ken Atkinson was gonna last past this year. I really didn't because I didn't think that he was gonna be able to coach superstars like that. I thought he was in over his head. Oh, oh wow.
1: I didn't know that. Wow.
0: Yeah, no, I and and listen, there's no proof, but when I when I first saw Katie and Kyrie was coming, I didn't think Kenny Atkinson was gonna last more than this year. I really didn't.
1: Wow, that's that's interesting. That when he got fired, that uh, kind of surprised me. All right, I'll answer your question. Um, no, Steve. Well, you kind of said it in L.A. too. I'll put it this way for you: the only guy who Steve Nash has openly said he's only has an issue is with, with not even an issue, but he had friction with a teammate, Dwight Howard. And everybody else loves Steve Nash. So what does that tell you
0: right there? No, exactly. And you know what? When I was saying the Lakers, I kind of assumed Dwight Howard would be a problem with Steve Nash, but continue.
1: Well, yeah, Steve Nash, you know, as a point guard, um, especially that system they ran, you know, Steve Nash got a lot of people paid back in the day. Like comes to mind, critton uh, Richardson, when he got paid mm-hmm. after uh, Phoenix, um, Joe Johnson, when he got that big Hawks deal when he left. Uh. Amari Stoudemire, look what he got. Your Knicks gave him. No, yeah, no, I, I know, I know. And, you know, he passes. Steve's top, probably off my head, top 10 passer, top 10 teammate. You know, he does the little things. Uh, Gordon Drogic, heat point guard, has raved about him since he came to Miami, saying, oh, Steve used to stay after practice, help me with pick and roll. And mind you, you know, I, at the time, Dragic was a young, up-and-coming uh, up point guard. Phoenix potentially could take an, uh, Steve, Steve's job, and he's still working with him. Uh, i i read too how they went to some restaurant in la phoenix did in 2000 i think 10 when they played the lakers in the western conference finals and it was like first when vegan food started to be like a f- big thing and they didn't know what to get and steve nash uh was a vegan at the time i don't, I don't know if he is, i don't know if he is uh now or not but he ordered everyone's food for them because he knew all the vegan food and they ate it and they all liked it whatever and they go and steve was Steve basically said, "Yeah, I know how you guys' personalities are and food, so I thought this was the food you guys would like." So, see, stuff like that shows you that he connects with everybody. People have trust in him to, you know, in situations and yada yada. So, and a, and a guy like KD and Kyrie, who are just always up and down, never happy, you know, don't want to play basketball anymore because of uh, the media, the fans, all that nonsense they say all the time. And Steve is just a laid back, chill guy, and I think that's what those two need. And if you're the Nets, you kind of just say, "All right," because you're the Nets. Yeah, I just—I mean, I get
0: it. Yeah, I understand I believe, building. You know, I I'm not. I I understand building strong relationships with players, and I'm not saying that he can't be a, a player, player-friendly coach. But I just think it's dangerous when you're in a position of authority, and really, at the end of the day, you know what? Though I, I'm not even gonna explain myself. Really, doesn't matter what I think. doesn't matter what you think. Depends if he's able to win pass ball games with yeah, both these guys. it's boom or bust anyways for them. So, My now think they're all going down. One more time?
1: I, I mean, it's a boom or bust season. Or not season, but, you know, until. It's going to be time. a boom
0: or bust experiment. Whether he's yeah. more of a Jason Kidd or Derek Fisher type of guy, you know, is yet to be seen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we'll find out one way or another. Yep.
0: I still would have loved Mark Jackson to get an opportunity with the
1: Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I would I, I me too because I've had enough of him on TV but
0: <laughs> All right but all right so let's move on uh, Max we kind of disagreed with the Steve Nash hire but we'll see how it plays out definitely definitely a flashy hire definitely caught our attention I just I'm not a firm believer in it but we'll we'll, we'll wait and see Yep So Max do you have some because I have I personally think I have a great I don't have all the numbers and, you know, who, who they have to trade for, right? But we're going to talk I know, about I, some. I don't,
1: I don't either. I got one or two, but just. Uh...
0: Okay, so you,
1: you go first with yeah. your okay, trade um... scenario. Now, this is for Philadelphia. If they want to get rid of Joel or, you know, something like that. I think a team you should watch out for is Milwaukee, especially if they lose uh, tomorrow. You know, they're on the clock if they lose tomorrow and the whole Jan's clock and how's Jan's going to stay. Uh, I think OKC would be an interesting team to watch out for with MB2. Uh, Steven Adams, has, after this year, he has one year, $25 million left on his deal. They got all those picks. They have a couple young assets, maybe a shooter that you you could uh, pair with um, Ben. I even put the Suns with Joel and B2 because, uh, you know, even though they were 8-0 in the bubble and they definitely played a lot better, I th- I think they're on the clock with Devin Booker too. You know, if I'm Devin Booker, yeah, it's a it's oh a, definitely it's definitely. a promising sign that we play like that in bubble, right? Uh, Aiden looked actually like a number one overall pick mm-hmm. during the during the bubble at times, but again, that clock's gonna be ticking. If if you're Phoenix and you offer you know a first round pick, Aiden and another thing for Joel, for Philly, maybe you think you know you, you get that s- salary cap, you get um Embiid's contract off the books, and you get a young rookie that you can control for the next seven years at least. And, you know, maybe it's a better fit with Simmons personality-wise. And I think uh, the Blazers, too, for Embiid would be something beneficial for both teams. Uh, you could offer McCollum and Nurkic for Embiid. That would for be Embiid. very interesting. Yeah, I think that would be a nice little switch-up, too, for both teams. So we're, we're, let's go back and forth. What's the first one for you?
0: Well, I really think this would be a match made in heaven, especially after the comeback year that he had and how he was able to lead the thunder but if the thunder want to get chris paul off the books i think he would be a perfect fit for Giannis in milwaukee i think that it would be by far paul's best teammate that he's had the opportunity to play with and i think that it immediately upgrades them at the point guard position and i think that It gives them a solid one, too. Now, I understand Chris Paul will be, I want to say, 36 come next year. But I think that he showed that he can still play. Uh, He's no longer in Harden's shadow. And people forget, man, Paul was not the problem come playoff times. Remember, it was Paul's injury that made – that that made it possible for the Warriors to come back against the Rockets it, it, a couple if Chris of years Paul's back.
1: Healthy, if Chris Paul was healthy, I think that, uh, they win the finals that yeah. year.
0: And I think that him being in OKC really opened people's eyes again and showed, oh, damn, Chris Paul can still play. Now, Chris Paul wasn't even bad last year. No, I, I know. No, no, I know. I'm just saying the main – Like, everyone yeah, looked yeah. at the Rockets and was like, oh, well, Harden's obviously number one and Paul's the number two. Paul yep. – Paul did his thing, man, and forced his old team to a Game 7. I think staying on Chris Paul wouldn't be terribly surprised if you want to talk about friendships. Him moving to L.A., joining forces with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, if he decides to return. Possibly picking up Carmelo Anthony in the offseason as well as a free agent. We'll see about that. Something I do not want to happen. And again, as high as I am on Chris Paul... I saw right. this ridiculous tweet today. I'm still trying to decipher whether or not it was real or not. Knicks are trying to build a big three of their own. Oladipo, Melo, and Chris Paul. Max, if that happened, please put me out of my misery. I could not envision that as an actual selling point to Knicks I mean, fans. If you
1: Chris Paul and Oladipo, that's probably a six seed. You happy?
0: I mean, Max, though, so at that point, I, I would need to know what we're giving up ahead of time because if I'm giving up the core of my roster, again, I think that we've been burned by so many trades in the past that we have to stick to this game plan of staying young and building towards something, progressing towards something. Yeah, now, no,
1: I, yeah, that's what – I mean, it's a new management, so they might want to make a, you know, a splash move or whatever. But, no, back to the Lakers thing. Yeah, yeah there's. Yeah. How is Chris Paul going to the Lakers? They gotta have no cap space.
0: That's true. I know. Well, that was I mean, what is Chris Paul owed over forty mil or whatever next oh, year? He's
1: making forty five million this year and next year. So, yeah. two years so I I
0: know. And and again, Max, this is more I didn't really look so much at expenses and how contracts play out. It was more just so of um fits to me where teams can improve and what good, yeah, good roles for certain players to go to. But uh, did you have another trade scenario for me?
1: Yeah, well, not trade scenario, but it's just a team to look out for. Uh, I know Donovan Mitchell really played great in the bubble, and I know there's reports saying he's going to resign Utah, but that doesn't mean he's going to stay in Utah forever. You know, I, I, like I've said before, I know him and Gobert have their issues on off court. Now, I, I'm not gonna lie, I did look a little bit better in the bubble, but mm-hmm. circumstances. Uh, I, I know there's two teams that Donovan Mitchell has that I've that some sources that I've I've seen and listened to that he has on his radar is Inside the Heat school. and uh, your Knicks that Donovan Mitchell would like to go to if it doesn't uh, go well. See
0: if Donovan Mitchell went to the Heat, I think that would be the team to beat. I mean, obviously, we would have to see what Giannis ends up doing, but that would be a dangerous roster right there. That would be a dangerous team. And then Mitchell, I would absolutely love to have on my next. And you know what I wanted to mention real quick about the Jazz? Uh, about the Nuggets, actually. Could you imagine if the Nuggets still had Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell with Jokic?
1: Yeah, I— Actually, I have to look on why they. I'm, I know the one trade they made for Mitchell, it was like another first rounder and Trey Lyles or something. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a terrible trade. I don't know what the hell that was about. But. Yeah.
0: But I just thought that was amazing because I remember when it was early in the series when the Jazz were winning and leading. Uh, I saw a tweet, and I was like, holy crap, like, could you imagine that roster, that team that they would have today? Now, again, I I don't know. I would have to go back and see if any of those trades led to the Jokic pick. But it's just crazy to see when guys who were traded from one team come back and haunt you, even though the Nuggets came back to win. Now, Max, an interesting name that I want to ask you about. Well, did you have any other places for mitchell to go besides new york or miami
1: no those are the only two that i've i've seen that he would have interest in
0: let me ask you about this what are the chances that damian lillard is um russ 2.0 this offseason
1: i i think if i'm if i'm running the blazers i'm trying to trade the rest and try to have him try to help him win yeah, like I said, that MB trade with uh to Philly or to Portland for Nurkage and McComb. Yeah, yeah. I think you make a move like that. Okay. And you know, keep Lillard and do something like that.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, because again, I'm I'm rooting for Lillard. You know how much I love him, and I yeah. don't have any problem with the Trailblazers as a basketball team at all. And I would love to see them compete. It's just again the problem of selling Portland compared to these other major market teams.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think Dame actually wants to make it work in Portland. I mean, it might be a KG thing where he, like KG was in Minnesota for twelve years and probably should have stayed there eight years, mm-hmm. and he might, you know, I, I think Dame wants to go out on his own terms and he wants to make Portland a championship contender. And yeah, if I'm Portland, I'm definitely for the next two, two years, you know, make or break moves. Now get this going.
0: Now Max, I I don't know about you, but I think you could also any any place that you named. I mean, really, any, whether it was Chris Paul, Mitchell, I think we could also throw Brad Bradley Beale into any of those scenarios. I, I got some
1: teams for Bradley Beale for okay. you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, if I'm the Sixers, I'm looking at him. Yes. If I'm the Bucks, I'm looking at him. Yes. Obviously, you, you know me, you got to put my heat in there. Yes. Uh, Brooklyn and then Denver.
0: Brooklyn and Denver. Yeah, I like all those places. I also think the
1: Lakers you could keep an eye out on. I think. The only thing with the Lakers and those LA te- – well, Clippers, they have some money. At- Lakers will too, but the Lakers have no assets. They have no picks. That's true.
0: Yeah. Well, they- well,
1: again, though, because of the Anthony Davis trade. And you're yeah. right. You're right.
0: Now, what about uh, – you think Beal is a possibility with the Blazers?
1: Uh, I like Bradley Beal a lot, but would he be that much of an upgrade than McCollum? Yeah. Like, I- I I- the only I- issue is I think – I I pr- Personally, I'd pick Bradley Beale over McCollum a lot because I'm—I just—I don't know. I'm not a big CJ guy, but he, he is talented. I would try to get you know more wings in there, a better bench, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But yeah. you know, if they were—if they were to get Bradley Beale, it'd definitely be a shakeup.
0: I mean, we also have to take this in consideration too, Max, and tell me if you disagree. But while these guys are all, are the stars on their team. Like the Wizards are a crap team, right? now and Bradley yeah. Beal is definitely the diamond in the rough. These guys aren't accustomed to winning. They're not used to winning and they'll also be going to a new scheme, a new team. So everything is what if. Now again, I'm not saying that we can't have fun with it, but it's just it's not like just because the Nets or the Lakers get Bradley Beal, that doesn't automatically make them better. Like I think a good example of this is Look at Kevin Love with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Many people had him as a top ten, top fifteen <laughs> player. What?
1: What? Oh, Kevin Love! Don't don't get me started with that guy. Oh my, empty calories. Two. Uh, the original empty calories. Oh yeah,
0: Look, no, no. I, I was, I, I was, I was seriously saying though. You know, he played a critical role with the Cavaliers, yeah. but it wasn't the Kevin Love they traded for.
1: No, you know, it's again. I'm bringing my heat into this. Look at Chris Bosch. In Toronto, put up numbers, double, double all the time. Miami sacrificed, and he won just like Kevin Love to a lesser extent. Uh, I think Chris Bosh had a bigger impact on this team than Kevin Love. Well, no, uh, w- he, no, he did. But what I'm saying is, Chris Bosch was a guy kind of like Bradley Beal, just to you know put up numbers, made a c- couple plays. Oh, camp. yes, yes, yes. yes. Have to, Bradley Beal's gonna have to look in the mirror one of these days and say. I, do I want to be loyal to Washington, even though, you know, they've been loyal to me and, you know, yada, yada. And But I got to win at some point. That's what Chris Bosh basically did, Kevin Love, you know. I can only play here for so long and be lo- Kevin Garnett. Be loyal to this franchise so long, but you got to win. And, you know, some guys will just stay on the original team. It seems like to me, Bradley Bill wants St. to Washington for the future, which is, you know, good for him being loyal. Like, Dame Lillard wants to be loyal. Or he can go the other way, like, you know, KG, Love, and Bosh saying – I've done enough here. I want to win. Um, you know, you're gonna have to sacrifice a little bit, but you're well, gonna win. Anyway.
0: I really think there's a there's a time period where, it, even as a fan of that team, you're like, you know what? He stuck it out for this long. The team failed him. Yeah. It's not the no, other way around. A, that's
1: a good point. That's a good point. Like, if you're Washington, you know what could you get for Bradley Beal realistically? You could get a lot. You could get a nice little yeah. Deal. When
0: when when his asking price is yeah. probably at an all
1: time high. Oh, look what Chris, look what Paul George got. I mean, he's not as good as Paul George, but look at Paul. Paul, Paul Clippers traded seven, uh, seven like picks in SGA, yeah, just for Paul George. I mean, for but playoff
0: you, P, her <laughs> <or> playoff <laughs> yeah, P,
1: they'll tell you, well, you know, if, if we got Paul George and we got uh, quiet Leonard, too, uh, so that's what Clippers will tell you. Well, you know, we got that, we had to do that just to get quiet Leonard, but. You know, to get a superstar in this league, you got to give up a lot. So, if I'm a Washington fan, yeah, I'd be a little upset because, you know, that probably means you're going to have to amnesty John Wall because no one's probably going to take that contract unless mm-hmm. you want to do a swap with Chris Paul. But why the hell would you do that? Yeah, or, exactly. You know, exactly. A really big contract. But yeah, I don't, I got a trade for you, though, actually. Uh, Buddy Heald to Philadelphia for Al Horford. I love that. I almost There's think that. I have a pick in there, too, but.
0: Buddy Hield is like a younger, more gritty type of Al Horford, who can also score the ball at this point of his career. Really? Why? What do you think?
1: Uh, I don't.
0: I mean, Buddy Hield's a shooter, no? Yeah, but he just has this like swagger about him. Like, like he, he, I, like, I don't think of him as a soft. Type, but like I think of shooters and uh, they come off as soft more than anything else. You don't get oh, that from Buddy okay. Heald? I, I get what you're saying. I
1: thought you're comparing him to Al Horford. No,
0: no, 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 no. Like, like, sorry, may, maybe, maybe the way I worded it, but
1: definitely. The way they carry themselves, you're saying? What happened? You, you mean the way Buddy Heald, like, carries himself? Yeah, yes, exactly. Okay, yes. exactly. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes, Yes, yeah. Okay, I got you now.
0: Yeah. And, and um, uh, but but I also allude to the fact that he can score the ball at this point of his career, more of a scorer than Al Horford, and I I like that. I I think that would be a good addition for the Seventy Sixers
1: because they could run that uh you know like the JJ Redick stuff they did with um Embiid if he's still there. Yeah, and, you know they lost that kind of in their lineup. You too, keep and saying at, and, if I like Embiid,
0: that. I really think they're gonna go with another head coach before they even start considering trading Embiid.
1: Yeah, yeah no, you're, you're probably right, but, you know, you just – you never know. It's, if no, yeah. Tra- if you get a trade – if Ellen Brann a trade that he really likes and the coach is kind of like, you know, I'm taking this job, I, I want to tr- see what I can do with Embiid, but I'm not really the biggest fan. But, you know, something like that, you could you could definitely see that um happening. And just for Sacramento, even though they're never going to win, you know, they got in trouble this year just not having a reliable big man. Uh, mm. Bagley, who I like, never played for them. Uh Harry Giles, so I liked he was a free agent because they declined his option. They didn't Rashad Holmes who I like, but they don't have like a veteran in there. They don't have a grown up. And that's why I think Al Horford would be good for Sacramento. So, so definitely if you want to keep uh Fox around for a couple more years. So see, I can see him asking out any anytime soon.
0: Yeah, no, you know Yeah, I uh I don't hate that. That was uh that was definitely not a mainstream type of a trade. I li- I like that one,
1: Max. And then uh it's not another trade, but I think the Nuggets too can really big be, be uh, big players in the summertime with Michael Porter Jr.
0: Oh yeah. I was just about to say uh, I Bowl think Bowl. Michael Porter Jr. they're definitely dangling his name Harris. out there. Who what was the last name?
1: I think Gary Harris too. Like that's a deal for Washington that I'm intrigued by. If I get Bulbow, Michael Porter Jr., uh Gary Harris, maybe like you know, a couple first round picks for Bradley Beal. If I'm Denver, I probably do that.
0: Yeah. Now Max. I wanted to ask you, but now I'm almost... Oh, we talked about trades. We've talked about players. We've talked about various teams, but we didn't mention one who probably has one of the more... more persuasive trade assets. And that's the Warriors with the number two overall draft pick. We, we didn't even touch upon the draft when we last did an episode, do you see them being in contention for any of those names? Oh, we Yeah, uh,
1: I, I definitely think Golden State is going to... Their name's definitely going to be floating around. I know they want to uh, definitely be in the sweepstakes with uh, Giannis if he hits free agency or... Um, and you know, all the names I n- mentioned, I'm sure they have a radar on. But, no, back to the uh, second overall pick, you know, th- this draft class is pretty weak. Uh, they don't have, like a guy who you're trading for and, you know, really going to risk the farm to get. And I think the best thing they can probably offer is that second, that second pick and probably Andrew Wiggins contract. that's why they wanted, uh, they thought Wiggins contract was more desirable on the open market than D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. I, I've never, mind you, I used to be a big Wiggins fan coming in, coming into Kansas in the league. And he is just basically an average above average three and D guy at this point. I don't know why you would want him on your payroll, a roll, a you know, role player to a solid starter making 27 million a year. I think it's around or even higher. I, you know, Golden State, they've been a pretty good organization, but I, that one made me scratch my head a little bit, tagging that with the second overall pick. Um, but I don't. Max, I think, I'm going to
0: throw out a name for you and you tell me because I okay. can, I've, I've always considered him a poor man's Giannis. Carl Anthony Towns.
1: I think they probably would have looked into that, but I think now because they got his one of his better friends, D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's thing. I think Minnesota wants to try to win now or see what they have. I mean, yeah, I just don't think right now it would be. But I'll, I'll throw your name right now. He's playing right now. If if the Raptors lose and their whole team's getting kind of old, and they, I don't think they want to pay, uh, Van Fleet a max contract because I know your Knicks are. Interested in him, the yeah. Suns, the Pistons. He's gonna get he's gonna get overpaid a little bit, which he should. Oh, for, definitely. Free Well, for his on.
0: playoff playoff yeah. appearances alone,
1: Kyle Lowry isn't getting any uh, younger. Mm-hmm. How about how about Pascal Siakam for the second uh, overall pick in Wiggins? You bring Wiggins back to, uh, to Canada. I don't hate
0: it. I think it's gonna take more than just that to get Siakam off the Raptors.
1: Well, if the Raptors lose, right? Kyle Lowry is not, like I said, not getting older. He's got an ex- expiring contract after this year. He signed a one-year, like thirty million dollar deal. You could trade him and get something nice for him. I, I know the Heat would be interested in him for one year. 30
0: I don't think different. the Raptors are just going to blow it up at that point.
1: Well, who, who's on their team right now? That I mean, I, I don't think Van Fleek is going to stay there unless they trade Lowry. I know they but- have. They have OG and who else? Ibaka's a free agent. He's getting older. Gasol's well, yeah, Ibaka. Yeah, I
0: obviously, Ibaka in the me is like a fossil at this point. I always, I I don't always forget that he's in the league, but like, I'm like, damn, he's been in the league for so long. Well, I like Ibaka.
1: Bad. I'm just saying that. No, yeah, so do I. are team's in a weird stage where they got guys who are still really good bench guys, but they're not, you know, I. Do you see them making a run next year if they keep the same team? I don't. I mean,
0: Max, it's not exactly like anyone's running away with the East.
1: No, but I don't think – especially if they lose Fred. I I don't see Uh, this team really – if you're Toronto, you know, you got your chip. That was, you know, a a, a random year they got it. I also think,
0: though, Nick Nurse is a very good coach, and I think that he has an an ability to make – get the most out of players –
1: no, you're, you're you're definitely not wrong there. I just think that it's an interesting thing for Toronto because they could they're they could put their team a lot away. They could be rebuilding next year. Yeah, they could be they are this year and be a contender, but not really. Uh, or they could you know swing for the fences and try to get a big trade name in there. So I'm interested to see what they do. If I'm Golden State, I'm, that's probably the first team I'm probably so I'm calling back. is the Raptors. See if see what they want to do with Pascal.
0: Well, I think the first call they're making is to the Milwaukee Bucks because again we got to see how because. Listen to go from the number one seed to then being out in the second round and, frankly, not looking too good well, in the first. The
1: issue, Victor, the only issue with that is, is that this draft is not good. It's a bunch of role players, really. No, That's I, the, I know. Like, I uh, listen. Like, uh, I'm
0: just saying. I think that you have to do your due oh, diligence. Yeah. No, no, of course. And, yeah, and you make that first phone call to the Milwaukee Bucks and just see what their asking price is. But again, I I understand that at all. I I understand that completely, that just because the number two overall draft pick is not a very deep draft class, and there's no one like Zion Williamson or John Morant that really catches your attention. So I understand what you're saying.
1: Yeah, there's nobody. Yeah.
0: All right. Max, anything else to touch upon with the NBA before we move on to the NFL?
1: Yeah, uh, Miami, please win tomorrow. You guys stressed the shit out of me yesterday. Dude,
0: dude, I'm telling you, they're fine. No team has ever, (laughs) ever blown a 3-0 lead. Yeah,
1: well, listen. (laughs) I I will say this. You guys, last year had the third overall pick, and just were two picks and one pick away from Zion and uh, Ja. So that that must suck. Get RJ Barrett, though. Okay, dude.
0: Like, that's so different. That's so different. I was kidding, and your team is actually up 3-1 in the playoff series. My team is depressing and
1: sad. Tyler here or R.J. Barrett? Who says no? Okay.
0: All right. So enough of basketball, even though there's plenty more that we could talk about. And, uh, again, Max, I haven't been very – I have not been disappointed at all with the level of play in the games that they've – Produced. No, they all
1: have been pretty good.
0: Yeah. But it is the first week of the NFL season. And Max, I got to be honest with you, this is like Christmas time for me. I'm very excited. Uh, you missed the NFL preview episode last week when I had a couple of my friends, but that's okay because I never get tired of talking about football. Yeah. We won't dive into too many of the topics. I don't want to repeat ourselves too much, but Max. As a Jets fan, I first want to get your – because I asked my friend last week, as a Jets fan, how happy were you with Tom Brady's decision, and do you think he made the right decision?
1: How happy I am? Yes. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Nothing's really changed for me. The Patriots, I think, are still going to probably win that division. Um, Did he make the right decision? I, y- you know what? I'd say yeah. I mean, the market – where really, really wasn't QB, like, where was he really going to go? Like, where was his options? Like, I saw San Fran, maybe a little... I neutral. think that
0: was more of a pipe dream than they... Like,
1: yeah. I don't think yeah. there was
0: too much noise with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I... He hasn't had weapons like this since, what, Randy Moss and Wes Walker back in the day? Yeah. So, I, I think for him, you know, he and this got Fournette too, uh, yeah, I think he probably made the right decision. Can't be, you know, Florida. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I, I forgot to mention this last week, but my biggest thing is, okay, you had a, a illustrious career with one franchise, right? Six Super Bowl titles. The most of any quarterback in NFL history, right? It's not often that players are able to finish their careers with one team. If you are going to leave... Give me a good reason why you leave. Give me a good team for what you – uh, what, why you left. Give me a good team to be the reason why you left. And I understand the offensive talent, right, that the Buccaneers have. However, when I think of the Buccaneers, I don't think of them being one of the more iconic franchises in the NFL. What do I think about with the Buccaneers? I think of John Gruden. I think about their lone 2002 Super Bowl victory, and I think about their creamsicle jerseys. If you sat here, if we were sitting here today and Tom Brady was the starting quarterback for the Ford ers I would completely get that. You know why? It was his childhood team. It was probably a dream of his growing up. He idolized Joe Montana. And to go there, go to a team that, just that just fell short of winning a Super Bowl last year that has a all-around good roster even though there's been some problems with the wide receiver position that would have made sense to me go to a team like the you know what I'm not going to say I was going to say the Tennessee Titans but again they're not one of the more iconic franchises I just don't understand the Buccaneers. I don't understand Florida, Tampa Bay. It's not even... When I think of Florida, I don't even think of them as Florida's team. So it's just a little mind-boggling. If you went to the Chicago Bears, that would have made more sense to me. I I just don't love Tampa Bay being the place that Tom Brady will finish his career with.
1: Well, I mean, didn't Joe Montana go to the Chiefs then his career? Yes, but, but again, that was more so...
0: Joe Montana still wanted to play and the 49ers were ready to move on with Steve Young. I understand the Patriots signed Cam Newton, but it's not like they were pushing yeah. Tom Brady out the door. It was more that the A new start. Exactly. The the 49ers were ready to move on without Joe Montana. So that's my biggest problem. But offensively, he does have talent. I do think, and I talked about it last week, I think this whole pandemic affecting the offseason, training camp, no preseason games has made it that much harder on Tom Brady to learn a whole new playbook, a whole new offensive game plan with less time. So that's my thing. If If it were me, I would have left for a more iconic franchise, a childhood team of mine I was going to say the Tennessee Titans just because of his ties with Mike Vrabel they got to the AFC championship last year that's why I would have thrown the Tennessee Titans in there even though they're not one of the more iconic franchises in the league so that's just
1: my thinking with Tom Brady but you well, know what at the end I of got, the day I got a question, I got a question what, for you what what's going on with the uh, iconic franchise thing it, it, you're, you're, you're stuck on that with Brady
0: I'm nostalgic I think that you know, there are some NFL teams that I think of being iconic right away. Okay. Okay. I, I that jump off the page. I'm like, oh, I think about the NFL. I think about the Dallas Cowboys. I well, okay. That was a bad team to start off with. Obviously I think about my New York Giants first, but I'm thinking about franchises, the Green Bay Packers. Okay. The Dallas Cowboys. The Chicago Bears. Um I mean, the Patriots Patriots like to think that they are, but they're one of those new iconic franchises just because they've been winning the last two decades. Who else? Oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay. Those are mm-hmm. iconic franchises. Those are historic franchises. The Buccaneers, the Titans, the Jaguars, those are poverty franchises. Those are more like fill-up franchises because they need more than six teams in the okay,
1: league I, okay i see what you're. so you're just a big franchise guy now let me switch on you you think the cleveland cavaliers are a big uh, franchise no i think lebron james made that franchise <laughs> i just had a shit on
0: cleveland sorry yeah. so <laughs> but that's okay but you know what in a sense i wouldn't even say the cleveland Browns are an iconic franchise just because of how long they've been in the league but more so, you they are so notorious, they're so famous for losing that I feel like you can't talk about the NFL without at least bringing up the Cleveland Browns, if that yeah. makes sense.
1: Okay, yeah, I just want to know what, what your reasoning was for the iconic franchise. Like, you said Like, like times, the I, Bengals,
0: I just... the Bengals, right? To me, there's yeah. nothing about the Bengals. First off, they play in Cincinnati, which is arguably... Right up there with Cleveland, if not worse than Cleveland. Cincinnati. Oh, nothing
1: worse. I'll stop right there. Nothing's worse than Cleveland. Okay. Well,
0: you're just upset because LeBron chose my uh, chose Cleveland over Miami the second time. Can you just be happy with your two NBA no. titles, please? No, because Cleveland's a shithole. Uh, they never okay. deserved that, man. All right.
1: We're getting uh, back no. He's to from that. Akron, not Cleveland, but whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know he's from Akron, but he played with the Cleveland Cavaliers anyway. Yeah, sort of Dwayne Wade sadly too. It, uh, yeah, that just that was a poor experiment. But Max, okay. It talked about Bray. Who are your favorites in the AFC and the NFC? We can start with the AFC. Uh um I think I'm going back with Kansas City, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Obviously. I I listen, returning nineteen of their twenty two starters, how could they not still be considered the favorite? to win it all let alone their yeah. own conference i also think that the ravens are right there though i mean lamar jackson does have to show up come playoff time
1: other I think the a- old does honestly i mean i know everyone was getting on lamar last year but you know it's not like the defense played that great
0: no i know i know and also let's not forget that uh earl thomas was just released we'll see how that <laughs> plays yeah,
1: is somebody gonna pick him up i thought he was gonna be on the cowboys i thought that was
0: a done deal i I'm i i'm saying it right now He's either going to be a Cowboy or a Cleveland Brown.
1: Uh, yeah, I saw Cleveland had interest in him, right?
0: Uh, yeah, and they just had a couple of injuries at safety. Another draft pick, Delprit, uh, went down. I'm not sure for how long, but there's definitely some room on the team for him. He'll get signed. Some, you know, what about even the Chargers? Duren uh, James? Yeah, Duren James went down. Actually, that's funny you say that because Anthony Lynn was asked about Earl Thomas, and I'm pretty sure this was before the James injury, and he goes, no, you guys always talk about how good my secondary is, so why the hell would we need Earl Thomas? Oh,
1: so, yeah, he's probably out there now.
0: <laughs> well, no, but but that, I believe that was before the Derwin James injury, so there is an opening for him now if they were to contact uh, him. that's what he was saying. Yeah, but he's a little bit of a head case right now, and you're not getting the Earl Thomas of Seattle.
1: Yeah, I think he's a little overrated, too, to be honest with you. Not well, that I'm a big uh, you know, safety football guy, but it just seems to me he's just a couple steps slow. Like you saw in that Tennessee game, too. Yeah, well, yeah,
0: Derrick Henry made him his bitch. Uh, that's that's an AFC team, I don't know about you, that I expect to be disappointed this year. Would have never given Tannehill the contract that they gave him. And I think that if you stop the run for the Tennessee Titans... Which is easier said than done, don't get me wrong. Even though Either like
1: that or Sue Conklin. Well, chosen. I was just
0: about to say, Conklin actually went to Cleveland. Let's see how, if they're able to plug and Shug. But I think the Titans are very one-dimensional. And Tannehill is not a franchise quarterback. Other AFC teams, I actually would not sleep on the Patriots. I think that Bill Belichick has the most approved that he's had to in a while. Now that Brady's gone. And Cam Noon, I think if healthy and with a chip on his shoulder and angry came noon i think that could be still a dangerous
1: team to watch out for i think the steelers if if big, if big ben's healthy now i know that's a big if i i think that they could make some noise you know
0: i i'm i'm part of the crowd that i am not a believer in ben roethlisberger coming back healthy i think that coming off a major injury at this point in his career, I think he, we're going to see a very average Ben Roethlisberger. Now, again, they were still eight eight last year with mediocre slash poor say quarterback play they had last year. Exactly. So we'll see. We'll see. NFC, Max, who
1: you got? Now, this one, I—I'll be honest with you. I had a hard time really pinpointing on a team who I think some come out. Um I kind of want to say the Saints, only because it's not that I have faith in them. I mean, obviously, the Saints have been a good team for, you know, since probably, what, the last decade or two? Ever since Sean Payton and Drew B's been there? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, But, you know, ever since that Super Bowl, they've always had excuses for this and that. And so I kind of want them to win and just be done with because they've been kind of getting my nerves lately. I like I like Michael Thomas at first, but now he don't shut up. Yeah, he's a big crybaby. Big crybaby. I baby. mean, I don't, you know, and then Drew Brees. He, I, I've never really cared for him too much. It's not because really? I think over the past couple uh, months he's done or whatever. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I, he's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I thought he's always been a little bit corny, but I don't know. I, yeah, and I think he's a little. Uh, you know, it's okay if I think he's been a little overrated too throughout his career.
0: I think that's a bold take.
1: Max. Really. I think that's a very
0: bold take
1: i just think in the playoffs recently he's always been something's been going on and well okay i uh, not uh, anymore yes. sean payton you know every time the saints get a receiver they're always pretty good and all the uh stuff sean payton does offensively and i mean i don't know i mean look how Rick, bridgewater wasn't he was good last I mean, year overrated Orleans, though
0: max the guy just broke he's I mean, a little overrated passing I, yard. yeah i mean i will say this the last couple of Postseason appearances, he hasn't been as good as he was in the regular season, but I've always been a big Drew Brees guy, and I think he's one of the more i think that when his career is all said and done, we will put him with some of the all-time greats. The biggest problem that he has is he's only won one Super Bowl, and when I say only one, I'm just saying yeah. that I don't think he'll ever be ahead of Payne Manning or Tom Brady or— uh, you know some of those guys, unless he wins multiple.
1: And he, are we sure is this his last year uh, playing for them?
0: Um. Well, he was a free agent, and I want to say he signed a two-year deal with the Saints. But again, you know everything's up in the air with him. I really think that he's gonna hit a wall this season. I think father Tom is gonna catch up with him. I thought you saw it towards the end of last season.
1: And yeah, they got Winston. They really like Hill. So, you know, I, I think they're trying to kick him out the door a little bit. Not with Winston, but um, I think Hill they actually really like.
0: Well, because... that was the big thing is Hill wanted a chance to be starting quarterback, and I think that probably in closed-door meetings they were like, listen, we're going to give Drew one last shot, and then if he can't get it done, then the job's yours. I mean, I don't know. I That's just my
1: opinion no, on I, the whole I situation. I, I think, yeah.
0: But, I don't know. I really think that both the Saints and Buccaneers aren't going to be as prolific as everyone thinks. Buccaneers, more so, I don't think that they had enough time to really develop that chemistry and timing on that offensive side of the ball. With the Saints, again, I think Father Time is going to catch up with Drew Brees. And I don't think that he's going to have all that great of a season. Um... I'm really high on the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a Aaron Rodgers type season.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. But my favorite in the NFC is the Seahawks. Max, I'm really in love with the Seahawks. I've, uh, I've said this before, but Russell Wilson is probably my biggest sports crush. That's not on my team. I think that he has gone so underappreciated for most of his career. I mean, you think about some of the offenses that he's gone out with, and still has found a way to win, and yeah, I'm I'm going with the Seahawks. I think that their defense now with Jamal Adams too has gone that much better, and I think that Russell Wilson is starting to get more weapons around him.
1: I mean, that's definitely they're definitely on my uh, horizon. They're definitely uh, going to be a contender to. Till- Till the end, but you know, I I like that pick. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that pick. And then listen, the Eagles. I I, I didn't
0: touch upon the NFCs. Eagles, if once can't stay healthy, I don't think they'll go far. I think they'll be good enough to win. What about
1: the Cowboys? I, you know, Max. I mean, they're stacked offensively, no?
0: I, yeah, but they have been, Max. Now listen, they yeah, do dude, have a though. new head coach. They do have a new head coach, but. Listen, it's the Cowboys, man, and I think that there's holes in that secondary still. I mean, again, we'll wait and see if they make a move for Earl Thomas. But until the Cowboys prove me wrong,
1: yeah, no, they, yeah, you know, they're still the Cowboys. They're kind of like the Saints too. They they talk a lot, and then in postseason, something always weird happens. Yeah, but the only difference is the Saints actually make the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Cowboys were like every other year. I feel like they do. Yeah, or either
0: they make the playoffs and then exit in their first game, or they finish the year eight and eight.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's.
0: But yeah, so we'll see. And then Max, do you have a do you have a Super Bowl prediction?
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna be um, Kansas City and uh, New Orleans. And who comes out on top? I'm, I'm going. I'm going back to back. Yeah,
0: I'll I'll go just to I, I mean, I'm very high on the Chiefs and I didn't even talk about them, but I love Andy Reid as a head coach.
1: Yeah. I've always I've always loved Andy Reid too.
0: Yeah, I've I've liked him ever since he left Philly, but I'm going with the Seahawks over the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Yeah. I Listen, I would it shock me if the Chiefs were the first team since the 03 04 Patriots to repeat No, It wouldn't honestly. But I I wanted to change it up a little, and I think that would be the best matchup that we could get.
1: Yeah, see, with football, I, I wish I could say something like you know, oh, I think Sos win, but you know, we're having a preseason and just not really. I know, what's going on. I know. It's kind of hard just to think out of a box about something. Like I I like that Seattle one, definitely got Jamal on their team. It's looking like they got a little bit better, but yeah, football. It's gonna be a weird football year this year. It really is. Yeah, because again, you don't we don't good. really you don't know, know like a what guy to expect.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree, Max. And Max, you know what I've yet to ask you? Do you notice a difference with the fans without the fans when you watch basketball?
1: Uh, yeah, you can definitely tell. Um, does it ruin it for you at all? And the playoffs. The only thing that honestly ruins me about the playoffs is when there's a bad call. I miss the booing throughout the arena. And I honestly miss when somebody hits a big three or a block or a dunk and the crowd just goes crazy. You can't hear anything. Yeah, like a, yeah. You know, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. But other than that, I don't know. I, I still enjoy watching the games, and they've been competitive. But, yeah, I wish you just had fans just there a little bit, like just the noise and stuff and just the effects.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I, You know, I, it, um, I would actually say out of all, even though I know Playoff basketball is great, basketball i've been okay with that just because of how good the games have actually been it really is eerie and weird when i watch baseball games and i miss that roar of the crowd after a big play like like you said about basketball i really think nfl is going to be really weird i really do um yeah no, that's, that's not to uh, say that i'm not super excited for it i just think that there will be a difference and it'll be noticeable
1: yeah you can hear what the quarterback's probably gonna be saying through the tv oh more yeah than definitely definitely Definitely. Linebackers calling out stuff and just coaches screaming on the sidelines. Yeah.
0: So. Which that might make the game I, I mean there's nothing wrong with fans sharing and everything, but a little more pure just because you see and hear yeah. what actually is going on the football field.
1: Yeah, hopefully hopefully it's just for this year. But yeah, oh, but it'll yeah. be nice to see.
0: Yeah. Now, Max, uh last thing before we uh wrap up this episode. Outlook on the season as a Jets fan. Six and ten.
1: That's it. You think Gase is gone after this year? Yeah, he better be gone. Better be gone. <laughs> yeah, that piece. He sucks. I can't stand him, man. I, I can't. I'm telling you right now, Frank Gore is the leading rusher of that team.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. And I, I'm really not. I mean, Max, you, I, I'm not picking on you. I'm really not because, I've, I've, been a firm believer in what Joe Douglas is doing. Yeah. You know, I'm willing to give a lot of players and coaches passes this season with how weird it is like like even like i I have a new head coach for my giants and i'm willing to give him a pass no matter how bad they do i think that you saw enough of last year i think you've seen enough with him getting into arguments and you know having tension with some of your star players that adam Gase is not the answer
1: He's never the answer. He's never been the answer, and he keeps on getting rewarded because Peyton Manning's friends with him.
0: I know. I know. He was the offensive coordinator with the Broncos when Peyton Manning. I mean, I could have been the offensive coordinator with Peyton Manning, and the Broncos would have gone deep into the playoffs. I mean, he worked
1: with uh, Saban
0: early in uh, Alabama, too. Yes, yes, yes. But I don't know. So that's just my opinion on Gase and Max, do you have anything? Oh, Max! Hey, um, great job with the articles. I'm sorry, I forget the name of the website, but I have been reading them. Um, could you tell the listeners? I I, I really have enjoyed them. I find them interesting, even though I'm not a big Miami Heat fan. Uh, really good writing. Um, you want to just tell us your website again?
1: Oh yeah, thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's just all you can heat, and it's spelled. Actually, let me look on Twitter right now because yeah, sure. you. It's uh. Yeah, let me give this. I wanted up. to
0: call it Heat Nation, but I know that's what you guys call yourself on Twitter.
1: Um, yeah, no, yeah. The website is this all with a, just a U, like the University. Mm-hmm. uh canheat.com. All right, very cool. Yeah, I, seriously, guys, very good articles by
0: Max, and uh, definitely knows his Heat basketball. Obviously, everything else I need to carry him when we <laughs> do these episodes, but um, I really recommend go check his articles out but yeah, no, th- thanks i appreciate it yeah of course and max thank you again for doing another episode with me um once again i had fun and until next time my friend
1: yeah uh thanks again it was really fun
0: yeah of course thanks for everyone tuning in follow me uh well follow the show at school of sport at Victor Busteri on instagram facebook page old school of sport and max what's your twitter handle and uh instagram uh max marshall 136 oh yeah i forgot you had a stupid name all right but (laughs) thanks again for everyone listening and until next time